It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Thursday's edition. I think today's Thursday, right, Pearson? Yes, Thursday. It is. Yeah, so thank Hi, Jeff Eagles. How are you? Hello, um, it is Thursday. And you know how it is, Jeff. When training camp is here, the days all yep, blend together. Right. You don't know what day it is. It's weekend, weekdays. It's all kind of the same. So happy Thursday. <laughs> training camp go. is still underway right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. You already heard from Jeff Eagles. I'm John Schmelk. We're with you for the next one hour talking Giants football and, of course, taking your calls at 201-939-4513. Mr. Fiegels, hey. how are you, sir? Good, John. Doing good. Just, uh, you know, just I guess it is it. I don't know if it's the dog days of summer yet. Not yet. We're getting Not there. Not yet, right? So I think maybe I think after that first preseason game and you still got, uh, you know, a couple left and then two weeks before the regular, that's when it's going to hit you. Right now it's a little bit new, you know? No, absolutely, and it's not super hot yet either, right? So, you hope not. So that's kind of one of the things, like, once you start getting those, like, oppressive temperatures and you're, like, dying outside yeah, and you're out there day yet. after day, no, it's been, like, in the upper 70s. It's been beautiful. oddly beautiful here with very low humidity. That's going to change now. Um, if my reports on what the weather forecast looks, um, but it is what it is, and we move on. Listen, I think the coaches want a little bit of heat. Oh, um, sure they do. They want to make sure that these guys are conditioned and, you know, get a little bit used to that because there's going to be one of those preseason games that's going to be hot. I don't care what time it is. Actually, hello, uh, the one the Browns game's at 1 o'clock. Yeah. So, you know, that might be, and that's that's an away game, so that could be a little bit a little steamy up there in Ohio, Cleveland. Cleveland gets hot in the summer. It does, yeah. And so I think that'll be good for these guys to practice in it a little bit. Um, and obviously they'll they'll take care of them and make sure that everybody's drinking water and hydrate and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so you know, just sitting here as a, an outsider because I'm you know I'm not down there a lot, just trying to keep tabs on everything that's going on. And it seems that every day there's something going on, and that's what uh, NFL football is all about right now. Yeah, team. absolutely. And Jeff, uh, the unique thing today. Well, first, after two straight days of padded practices, Tuesdays was definitely more intense than Wednesdays, but um, not a surprise. Coach yeah. Judge giving them a kind of, it's not an off day, but needless to say, there's not a bunch of full speed sprinting around on the practice field, which I just walked off of. Mm -hmm. um, player interviews are going to start happening if they haven't already. They'll be start happening shortly. Uh, Detino's out there. When he's done with those player interviews, I think he's going to pop in here and kind of tell us what was said, but earlier today we did hear from Joe Judge and all of the assistant coaches and coordinators, which I thought was interesting. All of them, huh? Yeah, wow. and here's the problem, Jeff. They're out there at the same time. Oh. So it was impossible for me to listen yeah. to everybody. I got a few guys in there, but nothing that you know was, was yeah. great. I have to go back and watch all the videos that our, our great job in our production department uh, put, uh, put together and got on tape. But I just haven't had a chance to do it yet because right after that media availability, you would practice. So I'll get to it, but you did have all that. A couple things from Judge um, here, Jeff, that I'm going to get to first. Uh, Andrew Thomas, who apparently didn't do much in practice yesterday. I saw him out there. I didn't notice him taking you know, snaps off. I guess he did. Uh, he's just giving him a break after you know, a, a bunch of days of practice in a row. Um, well, no, remember, he's coming off of a surgery, too. So got to be careful with him a little uh, bit. No additional word on Galladay yet in terms of how long he's going to be out. There were media reports that said two to three weeks. Yep. And I'll just say this on Galladay, Jeff. To me, you be so cautious with this guy. You got he it. doesn't need to be in, you know, some kind of uh, preseason game and push it. Because if you re-aggravate a hamstring, that's usually a lot of extra time mm -hmm. that these guys miss. So I'd be very, very careful with that. Well, I think it's good that they got a little bit of time before the injury happened. You know, a few days in camp here and there that they were, you know, before camp start. They had a little passing seminar that they went to, and you know, so that's good. You want to have a little bit of connection. I would like to see him in in one preseason game just just to get a little bit of uh, sure. you know chemistry. But if not, I'm okay. That's all right. I mean, he'll be ready for the regular season, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it's it's be cautious. You, you have know, to be. And There's your number one guy now. Hamstrings in the regular season are usually a couple of weeks. In the preseason, you you be very careful with this stuff. And, and you know those types of injuries, uh, for especially for guys that run a lot, like those those guys, um, they can be tricky. So you got to treat them. Now I don't think, I don't 
remember reading about this, but I don't think that Galladay has had much of a what what did what was he out last year for it, the whole season? Yeah, no, that was uh, was it, it was a structural thing. I don't remember structural. exactly what yeah, it was, so. but it, it, it wasn't but, a muscle injury. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, let's just be careful with him. Was it Definitely. a shoulder with him last year? <sighs> I don't know. I'd have to look again. Was, I don't but he was out for yeah. a while, so um, you know, rather than four games, I think it was last year, something like that. But yeah, to your point, John, you got to be careful with these guys and, and hamstrings for guys that are doing a lot of um, running. That's that's important. No question about it, guys. I'm going to make sure we get to your calls early and often today. So if you're out there and you want to get in, give us Let's a call talk. right now, and we will get into you. We have some open lines. If you always try to get in, you can't. It's busy. Now's the time to do it. 201-939-4513. And again, on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat. Or you can just reply to the tweet I just put up there promoting that we are on the air right now. A couple other things from Judge Jeff very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is still proceeding on his okay. rehab. Another no guy you wait on. additional yeah. thing on him. Shane Lemieux is working his way back onto the field, so he's going to do a little, he's going to do a little bit today, which is one of those deals where that's nice. To you know, see. this is a walkthrough, so you can get him in there, do a little stuff. But the fact that he's on his way back is is certainly a good sign. Um, we'll see what he does when things get more physical later this week. My guess is that's a you know full back at practice next week type of deal as they build them up the next couple of days, which is which is a thing. Um, it looked like. Let me just double check. Something real quick. But um, there were a couple things else that, that happened in practice. Uh, Kadarius Tony, kind of on his way back. He's closing in on, on getting that first practice. Um, Reggie Ragland passed his physical. He was removed from the non-football injury list. Mm-hmm. So he was back there on the field. Of course, um, the Giants did bring in a linebacker a few days ago who recently retired. So uh, <laughs> Ragland kind of takes that spot back, which is why uh, they had made that signing to begin with. But... You know, just not a ton of news right now in, in, in terms of a lot going on. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, that is a good thing. So mm-hmm. uh, Rob Sale did talk to the media. He had the biggest group around him, Jeff. Sure. He basically said most of the calls are the same, which makes sense. It's the same offense, right? So the calls aren't going to change. But he said some of the technique and, and, and stuff like that is a little bit different. He described his ideal offensive lineman as being smart, tough, physical. Uh, five equals one. You know, five guys playing as one unit. So those are the things that they kind of talked about a little bit um, in terms of the offensive line and, and getting this group ready to go. Yeah, you know, when I, I was – I got a chance to visit with uh, – actually play golf with Rob Sale this summer. He's quite a golfer, by the way. Um, and when I was – He wasn't was, challenging you, was he, Jeff? I mean – Well, a little bit. I mean, he's, oh. he's pretty good. Pretty good for a big man. Um, and I was asking him a little bit about Jason Garrett, Flats, him – you know, how all that whole thing works together and in he told chemistry. You, and he told you they all hate each other? <laughs> no, he didn't go that far. They're the worst. <laughs> well, at least they have. He didn't tell me that, but, you know. I'm just kidding. They uh, Maybe at some point in time they will. But uh, I think what he was trying to, the message that I was getting from him is that Jason has a way that he likes to run his offense and, and some of his protections and the run game. Um, he said that collectively they – they get together and go over those types of things. And then he, him and the other offensive line coaches have to figure out the way to teach their techniques and fundamentals to execute that type of play. So that's how it kind of all goes together. And when you think about, John, these guys that move around teams, you know, being an offensive lineman is being an offensive lineman. You know how to pass protect. You know how to run block. Um, you know how to pull. You know how to do these types of things. But every play has its own set of circumstances. So you have to be able to do what your coach at the time Want you to do specifically that way, whether it's your feet, your front foot is forward or your left foot is forward, you know, just different things. Hand placement, hand one placement, hand hits first, that's, all that's that right. sort of stuff. So that all kind of comes into it. And I think that's where the offensive linemen, um, they get a little bit sidetracked when you have a lot of uh, attrition at the coaching position. So, you know, it is nice to when you have someone like Flass who was with, you know, all those guys for so many years and teaching the same technique and same fundamentals over and over, it just becomes you know, natural to those guys. So I would imagine that the, these guys are trying to learn something. The calls are the same, but the philosophies as far as blocking and doing things like that can be a little bit different. Yeah, so, you know, totally understand where you're coming from on that. I'm with you. And anyway, Flaherty's there, like you said. Freddie Kitchens is going to be involved in the offensive line too. Joe Judge, as you know from last year, was involved in all the position groups. That's just what they do. Oh, well, he was punting today. Did you see that? 
I did not see that. So let me recap you here. There's a little music for you. Uh, Joe Judge was actually punting today at practice. I saw on, I missed uh, that. online. Um, he was actually kicking to the returners in a way that they, he did not want them to catch the football. He wanted them to hit the, let the ball hit the ground and work on that type of, you know, if you can't get to it and it hits the ground. So he was kicking balls to those guys today. <laughs> So, so actually, not being a good punter is actually a good thing in that situation. Be <laughs> that's you're exactly right. The ball, right? That's right. Yes. He was just absolutely just horrible at it. But that's what he they, they needed. They needed the ball to hit the ground, and it is it is kind of a, something you need to work on because that does happen in a game. Um, if you can't get to a football and the ball's bouncing around, there's is a way to read it, and sometimes you just can't read it. You gotta let it go. You know, like we talk about all the time, John. The biggest the biggest sin for a punt returner is to give the ball back to the opposing offense that just punted to you. You got to protect the football, and part of that is being smart and not knowing when to pick the ball up or just let it go. So that's important, and that's just a little another drill. And one of the things that Joe Judge pays special attention to, being a special teams coach as long as he has, is you know, no stone is unturned by this guy. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Jeff, you want to just dive into calls? Let's go. Right, we I'm gotta... sure everybody's got some questions for Yeah, us. folks, I wish I had more for you today. There just wasn't a whole lot. Like I said, I couldn't listen to all it's the assistants. slow day, walk-through kind of thing, you know, the yeah. two couple of days of, of padded practice. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So. Paul and I will have more tomorrow, but as well have a, a, a much more intense practice tomorrow, and then I'll have mm-hmm. a chance to look at and read and, and listen to everything the assistant coaches said today, and we'll have a better chance of kind of getting through sure. all of that. But before, we have the, a... before the calls, I just wanted to give the Kenny Galladay uh, injury history last year. Oh, what do you got, Pearson? So Thank he, you. He had a hamstring injury uh, for the first two weeks okay. uh, of the season in 2020, and then uh, hip flexor in week hip. nine that, that uh, had him out for the rest of the season. It was the hip. Okay, I said, th- good job, Pearson. I thought it was just a one injury that bothered him the whole year, but it was hamstring the first two weeks and then a hip flexor. So definitely be careful with that hamstring would be the – would be the key term there, I and think. And I just wonder, sometimes, you know, one thing leads to another. I think that was a song by somebody. Um, yep, I believe it was. <laughs> but, you know, the, those types of injuries, you have to be careful because of that one, one little injury can, you know, because you, you compensate. Um, a lot of guys with knee injuries, you know, next thing you know, they're, if they have a left knee injury, the next thing you know, their right knee's hurting them because they're, they're overcompensating because they just can't put a lot of pressure on their left knee. So they start doing it on the right knee and things start to happen on the right side. You just got to be very, very careful. As you would say, John, let's be careful. Yeah, this is right in Jeff Fiegel's wheelhouse here. Mm-hmm. One thing leads to another mm-hmm. by the, um, the English new wave band called The Fix. Oh, The Fix. Yes. yes. Now, do, okay, well, yeah, exactly. It was a good, good song. No, it is not Abba Pearson. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, believe it or not, ironically, it was released on August 9th in the U.S. that year. So we're almost on the, uh, God, what would that be? The We're going to all feel very old now for a second. The 38th year anniversary of One Thing Leads to Another being released, apparently. <laughs> the Fix. But, well, there's a lot of people that don't know who The Fix was, that's for sure. Yes. Um, uh, but I do. How, how old are you in 83, Jeff? 1983. That yeah. was uh, I was a You're in high school, right? I was a senior in high school. Yeah, that is like right in like the mm-hmm. Jeff Fiegel's. Prime. That is a wheelhouse, oh, right there. Oh yeah, it is. That is uh, that's you know those are the prom dance and you know that's all it right there. That's so absolutely. That's you know what those are cassette tapes right there. The fix on the little cassette tape in the car. A track, right? No, 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 not a track. A track was over. <laughs> I know. Easy now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though. If you had a car, if you had a car from like the mid seventies. You might have an A track in there, right? Or no? Or my is that dad, a- yeah, my dad had a car uh, that had an eight track player in it for years. Yeah. Um, and those anyway. were hilarious. <laughs> this is like an old time Paul Dottino conversation. We're probably losing listeners by the dozen. So how about we get to the calls at two zero one nine three nine four five one three two zero one nine three nine. Four five one three. But first, just want to remind everybody that limited giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, let's go to the phones and say what's up. Let's go to Mike in Florida. He'll lead us off today. Mike, what's going on, pal? Hey, what's going on, John and Jeff? How you guys doing today? Doing great. Good. Good, real good. That's good. All right, cool. First, uh, I got a bold prediction. Uh, I got one that's, you know, pretty bold, and then another one that's extremely bold. Um, but before I get to that, uh, Jeff, thank you for your time that you spent with the Giants. Uh, you thank know, you. Enjoyed I, it. I, I was, I was, I was younger 
back in the day, you know, John always messes with you about your age, so I figured I'd hop on that. <laughs> okay. And um, we were all younger no, back I'm in the day. In it. fairness, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. And uh, John, I, I just want to say too, I got a lot more respect for you, and I want to say why. Um, you know, people called and complained about a particular caller. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said that you're not going to block people because of their opinions. And I really respect you for that. I should respect you a lot more for that. Um, oh, I appreciate now that. Now going on to I going on to my bold prediction. Uh, bold prediction, I believe Sterling Shepard is going to have the most red zone touchdowns be the, and be the biggest target there. Ooh, okay, that, that's bold. I think our 87 most red zone touchdowns. Okay, I would say just even having the most receiving touchdowns would be a pretty bold one. But okay, red zone touchdowns, I like that. Okay. Yeah, well, the reason I say that is because, you know, people are going to focus more on Galladay and Rudolph and maybe even Ingram. So, I mean, Shepard's pretty good in the red zone. So he's number so. three, by the way. He's oh, not, yeah, he's not 87. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. That's okay. <laughs> See, I'm getting old too, Jeff. Well, I'm looking on my depth chart that I made the other day, and I'm like, there's no 87 here, but Sterling Shepard used to be. Well, there actually so there actually is an 87, is there an 87 which, which, which now? constantly confuses me at practice. I okay. don't have it in front of me, though. Hold on. Who's, who's 87 now, or did that guy get released? There was an 87 around the other day. Yeah, Damian <laughs> Willis, the new wide receiver, is okay, 87. There you go. So let's just clarify that number three will do that, not not Damian. What's his name? Lewis? Willis. Willis, whatever. What so, you talking about, Jeff? I don't, I don't think he'll be leading the NFL, <laughs> the team in – Red zone touchdowns. So, anyways, go ahead. Sorry, someone got that. All right, now I got it. I I heard you, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) This is an extremely Um, bold prediction. You're going to extremely bold. Charlie, by the end of the season, Charlie will call and say he was wrong about Daniel. (laughs) 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 That is really good, and that is never going to happen. That is an extremely <laughs> bold prediction. Absolutely. Now that Charlie listens to the show, you know that it will never happen now. Um, so we'll just throw that one away. <laughs> it was good while it lasted. Yeah, that, that, is, that is bold, my friend. I appreciate the call, dude. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Boy, yeah. <laughs> Look, we love Charlie here. And we haven't heard from him in a while, actually. And this, that, 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 he that, might be on vacation. And, and, and that is not an invitation to call, by the way. But we have not heard from Charlie in a little bit. But... Yeah, I mean, Charlie's pretty stubborn about these things. He does not like to admit that he's wrong, and much like a certain other co-host we have on the show. Mm, yeah. But <laughs> and you Pete, can take that any way you want, by the way. There's many of us that can apply to that. Uh, there's two of them that, that come out to my mind. Oh, trust me. I'm in that boat sometimes, too, Jeff. Don't worry well, about that. Not as that. much as the other two. <laughs> well, you just kind of gave away the, the house there, didn't you? That's because, okay. Unless you're talking about yourself. <laughs> nope. That's not me. That's to be the other two guys, so... There you go. Jeff just throwing people down the stairs today on Big Blue Kickoff Live right here. Watching Giants. them tumble down. Yep. Adios. See you guys. See ya. All right, let's go. Let's go back to the phones. Tim and Charleston's up next. Hey, Tim. Timmy. Hey, John and Jeff. How you doing? Wonderful. Doing I got to say that you guys are absolutely my favorite two-man crew on the There you show. go. No, no, no disrespect you. to the other guys. Sure. But yes. Yeah, um, you know. So I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here outside a bar with a beer and a cigar and listening to you with headphones in. So my my first time actually talking through my phone with the headphones on. So I hope you hear me okay. Yeah, sounds great. um, What kind of cigar you got? That's that's what I want to know. I am smoking an Oliva Perfecto Series O. Okay. Not that I know what that is. But so I why, love, why did you, you ask? Well, I was just curious because I, I like to smoke cigars on the on the golf course, and uh, okay. um, and I have my my, well, my go to cigars, and I just wondered if maybe it might have been coincidence. So, anyways, you could never go wrong with Oliva or anything, pretty much anything Nicaraguan. I'll now the Oliva, that. I do know, but, I do know that type of cigar, and it comes with what is almost like the flat cigar, right? What are they called? What, what's those called? They're not round. It's it's more a of a box 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 yeah. press. No, am I, I correct? They have they. They have some box press one, but a Perfecto is one that is tapered at both ends. Okay. Sorry, John. We got off topic All right. a little bit. So Chris anyway, and I are yeah. looking at each other like with these dumbfounded looks that we have no idea what you're talking about. Let's let's get back to football. So okay. I, I got a couple of just a couple of quick things because I'm running out of things to talk about, honestly. You know, I can't wait till the first preseason game next week. Yeah. Unfortunately I won't be able to watch it down here in, in Charleston. 
um, you know, because it's only locally broadcast up there. And I'm glad the next two uh, preseason games for the Giants are going to be broadcast on the NFL Network, so I can at least watch them on my phone. But well, anyway. and usually, by the way, just FYI, usually NFL Network will replay back those preseason games at some point during the week after the game is played. They'll kind of do like the the preseason game marathon. So you should be able to find that if you go to your guy channel guide, you should be able to track that down somewhere. Yeah, but it's never the same when you know what the score was already. It's never the same. Very true. But at like the same a, time, yeah. the scores, the, you know, the score in the preseason game isn't really that relevant, right? You're kind of trying to watch the very points. true. Exactly. So, and, and, and speaking of which I want to comment on the Galladay situation, Absolutely agree with you guys. You know, give him all the time he needs, whether he plays in a preseason game or not. If he could just practice a few times with Daniel Jones, that's great. And also, I think that there could even be a fringe benefit of this because it's going to be so hard to decide the depth at the back end of the receiver roster that it might give some of these other guys a chance to, you know, to decide. It might give the team a chance to decide which of these guys deserve spots. CJ Board, uh, Sills has been has been awesome. Ross obviously is is a super fast wild card, and and even Austin Mack, although I think he'd more likely end up on the practice squad again. Well, and Pettis so, too, right? Don't, don't forget Pettis. There's a lot. Oh of them. yeah, God, I forgot. I <laughs> totally forgot about him. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys uh, competing for you know a couple of spots at most. So the the next two things I have are real quick. One is I was watching the Dettino O'Hara um, thing on the uh, practice yesterday, and I love those. I just love watching the players out there and the uh, the ex-players explaining what the drills they're doing are because we all as fans, for the most part, have no clue what they're really doing. <laughs> so I love that. But w- the question I have about that before I get to my last little thing is what's up with the – I saw guys on there – with yellow helmets. What's up with that? Can you explain that one to me? Uh, I have no idea. What was your question again? Sorry, Tim. Uh, I, I, I some guys that. That. You're talking about guys at practice with yellow helmets on? Oh, no, no. What that is, Jeff, oh, those, are those, the, those are the those are the, those are the Okay, yeah. Those are the – those are the. Uh, yeah, so what they do is they put those uh, little caps on. They're kind of like – they're they're made out of like a cloth material, and they have a, a elastic band around them, so they kind of fit over your helmet. And that's like the kickoff team. They use them on special teams. Well, the reason they do that is oh, a lot okay, of times because they use you yeah, because they use white, white, white and blue for offense, defense, correct. On special yeah. teams, yes, yep. differentiates. Yes, you know what, you know special, what like, on special teams, you have like white going against white and blue going against blue, just so people right. know who's on what side of the ball. They give them the the little helmets, netting pennies. to put over the helmet. That's remember correct. in the old days, everybody right. used to wear the pennies. You know, the little the red or the they mm-hmm. used to put those over the shoulder pads. Yes. That's just a pain in the neck. Now they just put them on the helmet. And it's easy. And those guys actually, they're given to them. This is a funny story now. Not funny, but this is how it works. The the special teams coaches will give those out at the beginning of practice, and those guys will actually tuck them in their in their belt, so that when special teams period comes around, they just take them off and they put them on their helmet. It's, 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 it saves time from, you know, hey, can I get a helmet thing? You know, they just take them out and put them in. So that they know that they're on the scout team. And, by the way, when these guys come out to practice, they know which teams that they're on, on all the scout teams for the special teams and defense and offense, that kind of stuff. That's why they have those little pennies on them and the helmet the helmet things. We used to call them helmet condoms. They go on top, you know, if that's what they are. So. <laughs> so. All right. So, Way to get so detailed, the, Jeff. Good you're job. welcome. Yeah, good visual there. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> the, 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 just the last one Jeez, thing is I just wanted to. <laughs> Go ahead, finish up, Tim. I'm sorry. sorry. I, I wanted to give kudos to the previous caller for absolutely the best bold prediction of the year about Charlie. That one was awesome. It had me in hysterics. And then the last thing, I just have a really quick question. Um, you know, every year for the last few years, listen to you guys. I always try to break, figure out before the season to see if I can get it right. What position groups are going to have this? The number, what number of slots in every position group on the roster? And I'm, I don't want to even get into that now because I haven't finalized it. But the one question I'm curious about is that since the O line typically will dress seven on game day, do you do you think they'll keep eight or nine O linemen? If you don't, if it, it might be too early to answer that, but I'm just curious about your feedback on that, and I'll, I'll take the answer off the air. 
I, they will have a minimum of eight offensive linemen on the final 53. Minimum. Mm-hmm. I, they're never going to just keep seven, Jeff. There's no way. Well, you got the five starters, and if you had three, you got you got to have your swing guard, your swing tackle, and then they got to have a guy that you know that maybe is uh, and dependent on on injuries, guys. So well, you know, you can always have a developmental guy too that you don't necessarily want to like put in there, but you want to develop him on the roster. I'm not sure the Giants necessarily have one of those guys because they didn't draft any offensive linemen this year. Well, remember, but, like Shane Parrott. I'm Shane Parrott. I'm Shane, Shane Parrott. Parrott. Yeah, how about that one? He is a hell uh, of a player, that Shane Parrott. You know, by the way, I heard he could play tackle and guard. That's right. Both of those two guys together. <laughs> <laughs> Parrott and Lemieux, okay, those two guys were the, they fit that, that analogy that you just put, John, that those guys would develop into got some playing time last year. But remember this, that the practice squad and, you know, that whole that whole thing is, is, is going to be, I believe, what it was last year so there's a lot of a lot of room to store some guys on there that you can bring up and down so that kind of gives you that affordability to be able to have some if you can only have maybe eight guys on the roster you could have three or four or five guys on the practice squad that remember, you, you and you can have. keep the extra you remember you can act, if it's an extra offensive lineman you can activate the extra guy too that's right on game days too yep. so so I think I think John's right. I think it'll be I think it'll be eight, minimum eight. Could, I don't think there'll be nine. I think the ninth guy will be on the practice squad, able yes. to move up and down the roster. I wouldn't say nine's impossible, but I think eight's probably the most likely number if I had to guess. Yeah. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. I've only smoked I've only smoked a cigar, Jeff, once in my life. Yeah. And it during what turned out to be a very bad night in Las Vegas. So I have never gone back to that. Now, was it a bad night in Las Vegas of smoking the cigar, or was it a bad night in Las Vegas of gambling uh, that, that no, led you was, to smoke the cigar? No, it, it was it was not gambling-related. Gotcha. Okay. 201-939-4513. You guys can take that any way you want. Let's go to Michael in New York. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's up, Michael? Michael. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, I'm actually not in New York. I'm calling from outside the country. But oh, I'm wow. Okay. Where at, Michael? Can I ask that, or am I not allowed to ask that, or is, or is that classified? No, not classified at all. I'm in Costa Rica. I've been living here for 30 years. Oh, God so. bless you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and um, I've been a Giants fan my whole life. We had season tickets forever, and uh, and I grew up going to the games my whole life, basically. I'm also a big Hurricane fan. There you go. So, um, happy Hurric- to you're a big Hurricane fan is in Miami good. Hurricanes, not a regular Hurricanes, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, um, today? I, I, I don't know what's going I, on. I have today. a question. <laughs> Sorry. I have a question. Michael. I think should be obvious, and and I'm curious. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm very optimistic about the team. I'm optimistic about Daniel Jones, um, but I just wonder, as as athletic as he is, and he was injured last year. I mean, Eli went a long time without without getting injured. And uh, I think Jones lost, what, three games last year, maybe three, I think. And why doesn't anyone ever talk about him learning how to slide? He's such a good runner, but yet he goes head first, and he actually takes on tacklers. Well, I, mean, I think he, he knows Well, I think he knows how to slide. I just think you have to convince him not to try to get that extra three yards, which – by the way, you should never do that unless you're like, you know, dive. Look, I get it if it's like third and two and you're trying to dive for the first down marker or whatever and you want to, you know, jump or dive. I can see that. But look, if it's first and ten and you're diving to gain seven yards instead of four, that's not a smart use of, you know, the, protecting well, his body. So then we Daniel agree. Jones. Yes, no, we absolutely agree. But so again, I don't think it's, it's not teaching him to slide. It's convincing him to slide, I think, is Correct. the difference, you know? Yeah, he knows how to slide. Definitely, but I mean, if you if you look at, at at Judge, and I think he's going to be a great coach. I'm as excited about him as I've been. A, I mean, nothing has made me more excited about Giants football than him. And I can't believe that he wouldn't have the ability to tell Daniel Jones slide. Oh no, right? he has. Like, I think he said, didn't he say that Jeff in one of his post game pressers last year that he wanted Jones to slide. I don't remember, but I it wouldn't he surprise me I, I don't think that so. because no, because here's the situation: Joe Judge wants to keep his quarterback on the field, so he's going to tell him to slide. I can promise you that, right? But whether he does it or not is a, is a different story. And that's just about being, you know. I, I think that guys, it's hard to teach that. Sometimes it's just in the, it's in their DNA. I got to get these extra yards, but you know what? Uh, it, it it could cost you your could cost your career. It could cost you a couple games. You got to be smart about it. I agree with you, Michael. So. Uh, but you can't, you know, you can't, like John said, if you're, it's on first down and you're gonna, you're gonna, 
you're going to go ahead first to try to get you can't do that i mean live for the next play right that's what you got to do well and that's obviously what i'm saying and i just can't believe that daniel jones wouldn't do that he's a smart guy you can see <laughs> he's a smart guy and and i mean i i think he's going to cost himself and the team game we hope not if he keeps yeah. doing that i mean uh, no no i hope not obviously i hope not but i think he will he runs very aggressively and he, he shouldn't be doing that. Well, that's and the I thing, you know. It's, it, you know, I, it's not. I think he's just very competitive, and I think that's kind of what it is, to be honest with you. Uh, but look, I'm with you. I'm 100. percent Look, I, there's a lot of fans write me on on the Giants mailbag, which you know, you Giants.com. We've done one in a couple weeks, but one's coming up this weekend. And like, oh, you know, I, I don't want Daniel Jones to run. And my answer is that no, Daniel Jones's running ability is a huge weapon. I think it opened up things in the running game last year, but. There are ways to let Daniel Jones still run a read option a couple times a game, two, three times a game, but to protect them at the same time. Like, Kyler Murray. Have you ever seen Kyler Murray get hit on one of his runs? Ever? No. Never. No, Never. or Russell Wilson. Those guys, right. they know how to get down. Correct. Baseball player. So that's the thing. And and appreciate the call, man. I Thanks so much for being Mark part of the show. But And boy, I wish I was in Costa Rica. But... Yes, you can still make him part of the running game, but there are ways that he can protect himself. So I think there is a fine balance there, Jeff. Yeah, I think I agree. You got to be careful, and I think that you know he and that's this experience too. I mean, down the line, he's going to get whacked one time, and if he hasn't already. But I think in for himself and for the team, you got to learn how to to you know go down when you need to. And mm-hmm. I think now that we're talking about this, I do remember Joe Judge talking about this last year. I thought um, so. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there was a couple times when Daniel Jones really he didn't he didn't you know slide or or attempt to to avoid anything, and he's just you know. And Joe Joe's like you know you can't do that. Just get, you got to get down, get out of bounds, just get out of bounds, you know, and go to the next play. And I think that's just somebody that's young that has to learn. Um, unfortunately, it's going to take a little bit of time, but you got to be smart about this. You really do. Yeah, but I get I, the point. He is a smart guy, but it's, sometimes you just can't. These guys are athletes, and they want to go make a play. Absolutely. I don't have a way to look that up, unfortunately. I did like a random uh, Google search of Joe Judge, Daniel <laughs> Jones slide, and nothing came up. Nothing came Jeff, up. Jeff, were you on the team, it might have been after you retired, when like they brought Joe Girardi in to try to teach Eli Manning how to slide? Wasn't that a thing at some point <laughs> where they brought like a baseball guy in there to try to get Eli to slide better? I do remember that. I don't think I was on the team, but I remember us talking about it. I I, yeah. I vaguely remember that. I thought it was yeah. after you retired. Yeah. And because that was that was when Eli, remember, instead of sliding, he fell forward and then dropped the ball and he fumbled. <laughs> it was not the most graceful thing in the world. And Eli's upstairs. If he's listening, I know he's not. He would come down here and probably bonk me on the head. But <laughs> it was against the Eagles, right? And that game against Philadelphia when he kind of stumbled, fell forward, and then hit the ground. Nobody touched him. He fumbled. So yeah. I, I vaguely remember after that there was some kind of thing with Coughlin getting – I thought it was Girardi. I could be wrong. They're trying to get someone in here to, to work on his I think sliding. it was Girardi. I think it was, honestly. I think it was. Yeah. Somebody will look that up for us. Yeah, I need What to are you doing, Pearson? Come on. I don't think there's much of a way. Well, you know what? Google's, Google's helpful. Maybe uh, Detino will remember after he comes in here after media he availabilities. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Four five one three. Just a reminder, we have a couple open lines, folks. If you want to get in, you can. We'll take calls for the next 25 minutes. Uh, but first, a reminder, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Marty and Mana Hawkins up next. Hey, Marty. Hi, Marty. Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? We're good. Uh, We're good today. I had a couple observations. I, I heard you say that you were at the uh, practice today, uh, John, uh, and I Edwin seen on the uh, – uh, yeah, well, lucky you. And uh, I've seen that uh, Phil Sims was there. I was just wondering if you had any interaction with him uh, while oh, yeah. he was on the field there. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you take a look at my practice report from yesterday, um, I can break that down. I guess we should have talked about that in the open. I actually did an interview with Chris Sims on the Giants Huddle podcast. If you want to go on the Giants at Marty 
or on Giants.com to the podcast section. Go to Giants Huddle. I did a, about a 12 or 13-minute spot. I think it might have been 14 with, with Chris, which I thought was very informative. I thought it was a really good interview, one of my favorite ones I've done this year. So go check that out. But, yeah, Joe Judge brought Phil, and, you know, Phil was on the show last year, so we have a relationship. We chatted a little bit before he went out there on the practice field. And then him and Chris both watched practice. And after practice, Phil addressed the team for several minutes. Um, he got a little ovation afterwards. And then there was a long talk between Chris and Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones after practice. Then Phil had a long talk with Joe Judge and Chris at Chris Sims after practice. So, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was, it was fun. And Joe Judge loves having these former Giants come in and talk to the team. Yeah, that looked, that looked pretty good. Uh, my second point before I, I go was uh, – I've been watching, uh, you know, the inside the training camp, and uh, I've been zeroing in watching this kid, 84, this kid, David Sills. And, uh, I mean, from what I've seen, he's getting it done. He, I mean, he's going up for the ball, and he's, and he's uh, you know, he's coming away with it, uh, taking it from the, from the uh, defensive guys. Uh, I mean, do you see the same thing? Because, you, you know, you have more time at, you know, to see it. Look, David Sills has been good. Uh, he's had a really nice camp. He's a bigger guy. Injuries have slowed him down the last couple of years. The problem is, can you find the role for him on special teams that allows you to keep him as the fifth or sixth receiver? That's really the trick here because you're not going to get a ton on special teams out of Shepard, Galladay, and Slayton. Tony probably only as a returner, not as a coverage guy. So you're going to have to, Jeff, get something on specials from a fifth wide receiver. And then I think the only way you're keeping a sixth is if that guy also gives you a significant special teams contribution, right? A hundred percent. So, and we do the math here because we're going to one day we're going to start breaking down the roster to see how many spots. And I think earlier the caller had uh, identified the numbers at each one of these positions. But, and we were talking about the offensive line. When you talk about the wide receiver position, you've got to go automatically with five guys, okay? Immediately: Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, um, Kadarius, Tony. And who's? Or actually, I'd say one, two, three. There's four. Who's your fifth guy there? Is it John Ross? Okay. Is it Dante Pettis? Is it you know one of the Derek Dillon, David Sills? So Bachman is another Bachman, one. There's a Austin big, Mack. there's a slew of them. But we say it every time: broken record. Those guys got to bring something other than the receiving position into play here. You got to be a standout on special teams. That's the only way they're going to make it. So to answer your question, um, is David Sills going to be one of those guys that can play special teams? I believe he can, um, but it's just a matter of showing. You know, uh, Coach McGahee, uh, that he can do it because there's a lot of other guys there. CJ Board is another guy. Derek Dillon, um, uh, Austin Mack was another guy who was really good at special teams last year. So it's a tough room, it's a tough competition. You know, you look at that and you look at the out the linebacking positions across the board. We got some tough, tough decisions to make going forward soon. Yeah, it's just it's just a special team's desire at this point, whether you know that's they a, that's right. desire to take take part in it or not. Okay, fellas, thanks for uh, the info and uh, you're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yep, you're welcome. Thank you, Marty. Appreciate the call. You know that tight end position is starting to get a little bit crazy too. When you think about what's happening there, um, you know, as long as your your big guys can stay healthy, but you know your depth. That's uh, the tight end position is one of those other positions, John. That that the guys on the roster have to play special teams, and even your backup tight end, uh, whether it's Evan Ingram or uh, probably not too much Kyle Rudolph because of his age, but you know Caden Smith and Toyolo, who's got hurt. But I mean, yeah. you got to look at some guys there at that position for special teams too. So well, Jeff, I think that's a, I should have brought this off off the top, and I just just you know flittered out of my mind. But Levine Toilolo did get hurt at practice on Wednesday, and he suffered a torn Achilles tendon. How do you think now that opens up this tight end position? Because now you have Kyle Rudolph, who has a foot injury. He's still not practicing, yep. you know, recovering from that surgery he had early in the offseason. Now you have Toilolo out. So you're down to Evan Ingram. You are down to um, Caden Smith, obviously. Cole Hicatini, mm-hmm. the immortal. Mm-hmm. Nakia Griffin-Stewart, another mm-hmm. young guy. And then Charlie Sleeper, Ryzen John, is still on the COVID list. So that's four guys, and that's a really small number of tight ends for practice and training camp, Jeff. Usually there's a lot more of those guys out there. So, you know, for me, that's a great opportunity for the two young guys I mentioned, again, Hicatini and Griffin Stewart, to go out there and have a chance to show these guys what they can do. 
absolutely because uh, Toyolo was a was another special teams contributor. Played on the big four everywhere. Um, leader too, a big time leader. Um, and now that he's gone, you got you know these three young guys that have to compete for that one spot. Basically, I'm thinking that they're going to keep four tight ends. Um, if one of these guys doesn't step up, then you you know you got to look at the waiver wire. Or what happens a lot of times is you go with the three tight ends. And then one of your swing offensive linemen becomes one of your hand-in-the-dirt tight end blocking guys. Yeah, and I think it's going to be tough, Jeff, for that fourth tight end to be a receiving tight end. You already have Evan Ingram and you already have Kyle Rudolph. I don't think that fourth tight end, his best skill is going to be receiving. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so they may only keep three. And so, uh, you know, that's a, it's just another another way. Which, by the way, could open up room for a sixth wide receiver. There you go, right. So it's just monitoring the the roster and seeing how things go. And we're early into camp. We're early into preseason, and things can change, you know, between now and then. It's a long ways to go. And with these issues at tight end, by the way, the Giants did sign two players yesterday, uh, replacing Todd Davis and Joe Looney, who both retired pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, They bring in tight end Tommy Stevens and wide receiver Andy Jones. So. Those are two guys that have been added to fill some of those spots, so that'll be an opportunity then for Tommy Stevens to to get some snaps as tight end too as this season or preseason rather goes along. Let's go back to the phones at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. I did some research. Oh, what do you got, Pearson? So in two thousand nine, Rex Ryan brought in Joe Girardi to help uh, Mark Sanchez learn how to slide. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> and it was the Jets. Two weeks later, Eli had that play and. People, there were a few articles that said maybe they should get Girardi's number. There okay, you go. got it. Yeah. Thank you. See, I didn't remember Girardi ever being here because I would have remembered that being a Yankee fan. Great job, Pearson. Very good job, Pearson. That's some good detective work. I got you. I got you. Yes, yeah. excellent work. But okay, so I knew there was a Girardi sliding thing, but it was with the Jets. <laughs> and it should have been. <laughs> Mark Sanchez didn't need. Well, he knows how to. He knew how to uh, slide into the butt of one of his offensive linemen. <laughs> you couldn't help yourself, could you? No, because obviously <laughs> that's like that is epic. It's uh, one of the funniest plays ever. I mean, wow. Uh, so that's good. All right. So Eli, although Eli never really had to slide, did he? He just kind of. Well, just, he never actually ran. That's so. what I'm saying. So he just, and even the times that he did, he would just kind of like just fall down. You know. So. <laughs> Do you, was that a? Is you and you and Eli are very tight. You know, you I to say you fair to say you're part of his inner circle, or is that a little bit too strong? Yeah, probably a little too strong, okay. but I, I do talk. In fact, I, I invited him to play golf uh, in a couple of weeks, and he turned it down because he said this job thing is getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, you're a big smoozer now. See, that's that's the situation. And so. by the way, just just for the record, if people think like this is a joke that Eli Manning like is working here, like he actually is. He has an office that like a salesman used to have. Someone told me they were walking by his room the other day, and he was like trying to set up his voicemail. Oh so like God. this is like a real thing. Like that's I'm not even joking around. That's a commercial. That right is a there. commercial. That Eli, should have been a commercial. Eli tried to set up his voicemail. Yeah, can you imagine? And, and his brother keeps calling him, and he's kind of like trying to do i mean this that would be a perfect commercial so or, or as he's recording the message people keep walking into his office to ask him something that's and he, right yeah. and, he, and he keeps getting interrupted then peyton can call you're right you know tom coughlin can come in and yell something at him yeah jeff can punt the ball into the room there. as he's trying so to do it omaha somewhere in the background like, no <laughs> darn it no to, to stop i'm trying to record my voicemail here you know <laughs> i think jeff i think we're on to something i'm here. telling you i think should, you know I, then we need to put pen to paper and uh, submit this to uh, Mr. Hey, Sperling and, and see go. if we can get this done. I think it would be outstanding. Outstanding. So. Yeah, I think it would be fun. Just make sure that I'm involved in it. I'll punt one into his office, okay? I'll try not to take out the lights, but uh, maybe I'll just throw it at him. That would be better. Well, as as i got to tell you, as, as the annoying person that, that interrupts and, and gets on Eli's nerves, you feel like something that would be perfect for that role. I'm not going to lie. Okay, good. I'm there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Schmelk. Appreciate that. I was more meant as a shot than anything else, but okay. I know that. That's fine. <laughs> I'm suffering through it. Two, That's good. 201-939-4513. Oh, this will make you happy, though, because Mike in Brooklyn wants to talk about special teams. Of course Mike, he does. go ahead. Hot topic. Hey, guys. Hey. What's up? Hey, Jeff. I have a question for you. Um, watching, I was watching the 2007 uh, uh, game where uh, you, you took a high snap from – from center and Tynes kicked the ball. I think he he missed he missed that one. Um, and the question I have is about is about uh, holding. How 
how long did it, did it take you to really get that down? Because it seems like such a tough job. First, you got to catch the ball, then you got to spot the ball, then you got to twirl, twirl it, lace it out. How, how long does that take to, to get down? Um, it's a good question. It is a good question, and I, I'll tell you, there's, I have, it, takes, it takes a while. And by the way, you know, when you're doing it every day, um, it's just reps over and over and over. I'll tell you what makes the holder's job easy is your snapper. Um, and they're so good nowadays that they can actually, they have it down to a science where when they snap it and I catch it, the laces are right there, and I'll just take it and set it down. I don't have to spin it a lot of times. Um, other than if it's, sometimes it's high, you get a little half of a rotation more, then you just kind of learn how to do it. But um, it's just repetitions over and over. Now, if you go back and, and like earlier in my career when I used to hold, uh, this, I'm getting a little in-depth now. Two things. Number one, I used to hold my right knee used to be up and when I, like early in my career. Well, that was changed by one of the special teams coach because he said, we don't want your knee up like that because if somebody dives, they're going to take your knee out. So I switched it up. So my back knee was up and my left, my right knee was down. Okay, so that was the first thing that I had to learn to do over. Now, this, now, did that bother the kicker who's used to the he other? Didn't he, he didn't care. He didn't care. Okay. Nope, didn't care. That the was Tinesy, right? Um, well, this no, this was this was back when I was with the Eagles. Oh, like, okay. We're going way back that this was changed because this is the way I did it in college. Then, Who was your Eagles kicker that year? Roger Ruzek. Oh, Roger Ruzek. I remember Roger Ruzek. Okay. Remember, remember Chris Berman's name for him? Who framed Roger Ruzek? Oh, was it who framed Roger Ruzek? That's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> so um, then the other one was is that when, just picture picture you catching a football with two to both hands. Once you catch it, you bring it down to hold, right? Well, before, I used to take my left hand, and that would be on the back of the football, and I would hold the football with my right hand on the top. And then I would take my left hand away when the guy kicked it. Well, then I had another special teams coach told me, this isn't the way you do this because you're blocking the view of the football for the kicker with your hand there. So I had to learn how to do it opposite. So I catch the ball. Then I would like, when it was come down, I would take my right hand would be on the front of the ball and my left hand would hold the football. So that way the whole backside of the football would be able, the kicker could see it. So it was kind of a transition. So to your point, you know, how long did it take you? Once I mastered the one way, then I had to relearn it the other way and it just kind of went through it. But most importantly, the the snapper makes the holder's job very easy. Really, it does. Um, but uh, I I tell you one time, John Carney, we were in Washington. Um, I had a, it was a low snap. I I kind of double clutched it because it was kind of low. And John just keep he doesn't stop now. The kickers do not stop because they have trust that the holder's going to get the ball in the vicinity of where it's supposed to be. Um, this was an extra point, so it wasn't a very far kick. I could not get my hand out of the way and he kicked my freaking hand oh. and the ball he you made the extra spiked? point did you get spiked or was I, it's it top not of the spiked foot? it's okay. just the top of the foot okay, but, the but foot, gotcha. let me just tell you something that did not feel good <laughs> and and by the way it went through okay well, <laughs> thank it was, god it was all worth it then oh my god and john goes and of course john's the nicest man in the world oh no john is awesome he he, he, he was, was here for like, what two years john something two, like that two yeah. years and he said to me you know, they call me Feeks, and my nickname's Feeks. I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry, man. I'm, it's my fault. I didn't get my hand out of the way, but, man, that hurt. <laughs> my hand was so red. <laughs> so the holding position is, is kind of – it's one of those things I could talk about all day, but it's, it's something that gets overlooked. And, and, really, it's a thankless job. Until you screw it up, nobody mentions anything. He was right? here one year, Jeff, by the way, 2008 John Corney, by the well, way. Well, John – and, I, yes. by the way, that was the year that him and I went to the Pro Bowl together. Oh, Okay. So, a lot um, of Giants made the Pro Bowl in 2008. Yeah, we did. There you guys was, had like an army so going out to be think maybe six or seven I think it was, guys. I think it was close to ten. Was it that many? It I've, I'll lot. look that up. It was a lot, but uh, so anyway, yeah, there's, a, there's your holding. Was a great team. What's that? That was a great team. No, look, people always like ask me uh, the best Giant team I ever saw in person since I've worked here was the 2008 team. Yeah, best team. team. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were on. I, uh, I, we were really good that year, man. I I have one other question, sure. um, Jeff. You talk about um, we talk about special teams a lot, and I'm I was a guy who compared your your statistics to Ray Goss. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, we, you talk a lot about Devin Hester and how right. dangerous he was. Now, last time I checked, kick return, uh, punt returns, they they have statistics, how you know average punt return, all that kind of stuff. Now, why wouldn't Devin Hester, would you consider him a Hall of Fame, uh, a great 
punt returner. Oh, absolutely. I think that well, – didn't Devin Hester get named to that NFL All-100 team as a returner? If I, right. I think when they did that a couple years ago, right? I'll look that up. Let me see. Okay. I hope so. I mean, this, the guy was, yeah, I, was I feared. Mean, but you you hold most of the records for, for punting. He holds most of the records for punt returning. He's considered a great punt returner, and most guys like you, like yourself, you know, you got to kick it away from him. That shows how good he was. I mean, I'm, I'm just – I guess I just have this, this – this rant going on about the uh, Hall of Fame just not accepting special team players into the Hall, even yeah. if they got to make a special section for Hall, you know, special teams Hall of Fame players. I mean, it is a one third of the game. We hear it all the time, and yep. it can change the course of a game. So, anyhow, thanks for letting me rant on that. Nice. But Jeff, thanks for uh, th- thanks for that uh, description about how sure uh, you know you had to change up. I appreciate it. No, that was great, man. Good call. Call it again. I, I think that the you know the special teams is uh, it's one of those positions that's it's always going to be overlooked for years. It's just going to happen. Um, there's too many other guys that they feel are deserving to go in before, but um, maybe one day that'll change. Is that we'll the see. is that the only time you ever got kicked in the hand holding, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I I got kicked in the hand when I so that that was by the way that was I was holding the old way or the new way like I told you right hand outside it was just this way i just it was so low i just got the ball on the spot and was hoping that john would kick underneath my hand but he didn't it kicked my hand um the other other time that i've actually i've never gotten kicked but i've actually kind of blocked the kick was with my (laughs) with well with my right hand is on the outside of the ball so just picture a football standing you know horizontally sure or excuse me vertically your left hand is on top of the football your right hand is in front of the football that's the holding position and the kicker kicks it well i've had times where i didn't get my hand out of the way just in time and the ball just like clips my fingers a little bit and i'm telling you 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 talk about just just praying that it goes through because did it go through both times yes multiple times okay because there's so much power coming off the thing but it's just barely now did that happen on long kicks too or just short ones uh, on every i mean i it it happened to me a dozen times oh wow okay so and they've all they i've never really officially blocked one but it's (laughs) i've tipped a lot of them (laughs) did did the kicker realize that had happened based based on the sound or a few times on the on the ball flight because it just takes a little bit. Sure. It's almost like a changeup in baseball. You mm-hmm. know, it's just you're used to seeing that ball come off his foot. So with the, with the violence that it does, and then all of a sudden it's just kind of like a little bit of a lull, and they kind of look down and and like you know your tines or whoever would be like, did you touch that? I'm like, yeah, I touched it. It went through though. It's a good kick. <laughs> High That's five. interesting. Interesting. <laughs> all right, so Jeff, we're getting to our last call in just a sure. second, but first, the Giants had seven Pro Bowlers. Seven in okay. 2008. Jeff, name those Pro Bowlers. In 2008? Yep. Okay. They were there with you. You guys should yeah, have been yeah. hanging out in Hawaii the whole time, man. On All the right, beach. I'm going to get close. I'm, smoking I got your to, cigars, I got playing two. some golf. Okay, I got me and, me and Carney. Yep. I've got O'Hara. Mm-hmm. I've got Snee. Yep, that's four. I've got Deal? Nope. No, Deal wasn't there. Okay, so then I, let's go to the defense then. Um, oh, no, Eli was there. Five. Five. Then on defense, you had Tuck. Six? Um, you said seven, right? Yeah, one more. It's uh, pretty good. You only got one oh, wrong Pierce, so far. Pierce. Antonio Pierce. Jeff, you, I, huh? I, I don't even know how to like break this to you, the guy that you forgot. <laughs> oh, Diossi. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot the damn long snapper on special teams. Dude. Come hey, on. So do you want to hear a story about Diossi and the long snapping? He has one Pro Bowl that By he the didn't way, make. And not for nothing, how did only one Giants defensive player make the Pro Bowl that year? You guys were one of the best defenses in the whole league. How about it, right? That's I, crazy. I think, did Pierce make it the year before? Well, OC maybe? got hurt in 08 too, right? Didn't o, or you know, Kiwi got hurt in 08? Kiwi got. Kiwi, no, got, which Kiwi one? was hurt in 11, 2011. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think 08, OC broke. Didn't OC hurt himself? I got to look that up. Hold on. Anyway, go ahead. Finish your story on Diossi. So Diossi actually won season. Um, got picked for the Pro Bowl, okay? Um, and the, if you remember, the long snapper guys is not picked through through the players and the voting of the the fans and that kind of stuff. Oh, is that true? It's the head coach of the of the team that's going to the Pro Bowl picks a long snapper. So <laughs> Andy Reid, Andy Reid picked um, Diossi to go to the Pro Bowl. 
Well, yeah, somebody, usually those coaches just pick their own guy, right? It's pretty much what they usually yeah, do. Yeah, and I think that, you know, so what, I don't know why he didn't uh, pick, what's his name? Uh, because he's been horrible forever. Remember the magician guy, what's his name? That used to long snap for the Eagles. He was um, a magician? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll remember his name. Pearson, help me out. Um, he's played uh, forever. Um, wrote you, a book. He was just on. putting the pressure on Pearson today. Oh, man. You're like, Pearson, get me this. Pearson, he's not your intern, Oh, my Jack. God. Jeez. Great. It, I mean, remember, <laughs> remember his dad, his, his, uh, it was his mother or his dad got shot. And I mean, it's John okay. John so Derenbos? Oh, yeah. John Derenbos. He, Der- he was a yeah. long, yeah. Uh-huh. Derenbos. Derenbos. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, anyways. He was but, a magician? I want to get back to that for a oh, second. Oh, yeah. No, he was. He is a magician. He is a magician. He went on like um, Americans Got Talent. Oh my God! On and his, everything on his Wikipedia page, there's a section that says magic career. Unbelievable! <laughs> He's unbelievable. Dorothy is a professional magician who yeah. has performed in Las Vegas on America's Got Talent and in Hollywood. Yes, he's incredible. Incredible. He collects the autographs of every famous person he performs for on playing cards, which he hangs up in his house. Yeah. Huh. He's incredible. How about that? So what happened with Diossi is that Andy Reid picked Diossi, okay? But then Andy Reid was told by somebody that he was getting surgery the week before the Pro Bowl and that he wouldn't be able to go. And so they, he picked somebody else. And, and Zach was like, wait a second. I, I, hold on a second. I can get surgery after the Pro Bowl. <laughs> so that's how he missed a Pro Bowl. Wait, so he wasn't? he actually didn't go? He, no, because they told somebody else to go because somebody had told oh, him that he was hurt geez. and that he couldn't participate. So he participate. wasn't in Hawaii? He was not in Hawaii. So no. that's why you didn't remember him right away. Interesting. Yep. So, hey, it, Paul, before we, before we get the media update, can I just take this last call and then we'll get to you? Is that okay? Do it. 201-939-4513. Let's go to our final call of the show as I bring up the call sheet right here and let us go to Jerome in Charlotte. He'll wrap us up today. Jerome, what's going on? Hi, Jerome. I love the show. Uh, Thank you. Thank I want. You. I, uh, why is what we had to do to get a better phone connection? <laughs> Pay your bill. <laughs> Jerome, going once. Jerome, we're losing you. If you can hear me, call us right back. I'll make sure Pearson picks up. We'll get you back on before we end the show. But we can't hear you, Jerome. So call us right back. I promise you, we'll get you before you say goodbye. In the meantime, I believe he's pot six, Pearson, for 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 Polly Dots, if I'm not mistaken. The way I what if that's five. Perfect. Yeah, Paul, so you were out at Media Vales today. Yes. Uh, what was it, Darnay Holmes, and who else was out there? Kadarius Tony. Oh, that's right. Okay, so what was said? Talk to me. Well, Tony is picking up or ramping up, as Joe Judge likes to say, his work at practice, did some more special teams work, did some more wide receiver individual drills. One drill that was very interesting during the end of practice, uh, John, and Tony said it was really cool because it showed that his coach is using a hands-on approach. Judge was kicking Punts. Okay. This was after I went inside. That's yes. why I didn't. Okay, see, Jeff, that's, I told you I was paying attention. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't see it. Okay. Well, that's that why I wanted to get no, it that's for good. you. No, caller called up asking about that, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, at one point during the last part of practice, Judge started doing the Aussie kick. How was the form? The uh, boomerang. Uh, I think that the Feagles would probably <laughs> give him a five. <laughs> five? That's actually not bad for well, a coach. Considering that the boomerangs actually did go horizontally, uh, that's, spinning, that's and very difficult, like a gyroscope. Not on purpose. So he did see did some <laughs> of that. <laughs> You're Jeff, not on purpose, he just said. <laughs> so he did some of that with uh, Tony and also um, with Adore Jackson. And it was kind of neat, you know, to, to see him doing that. He only did a few of them. But Tony said that that meant something to him. It showed him that the coach cares and that he's hands-on, and he really enjoyed the fact that Judge took the time to try to teach him something on special teams. And we know that Judge knows special teams. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of neat. Nice. Um, He also said that Sterling Shepard and the entire wide receiver room have been really good helping catch him up. He understands he's a little bit behind because of being in the COVID protocol, but that he is studying every day. He's picking things up, and everyone's been real helpful, but especially Shep which I thought was really cool. Um, He didn't have much else other than he's just trying to do his best day-to-day, has no preference as to whether or not they put him outside or the slot or on kick returns. Generally, he wasn't very Mr. Chatty in the first couple times you talked to him. Was he a little bit better today or about the same? Not much. About the same? I think he's kind of a little shy yet. Now, Darnay's the opposite. Darnay is a really good talker. What'd you get out of him? Yeah, he's great. Wow. Uh, Let's see. He's uh, learning a lot from the uh, guys in the secondary, Jackson and Bradbury, especially Adore Jackson, has been like a big brother to him. That's great. Says that Sterling Shepard, 
has really helped him out a ton because they go against each other in the slot. Well, that's a lot. what Sterling said yesterday. How he talks to him after every snap and, and he tries Holmes to get him going. said that Shep is like a big brother to him hmm. because after practice, Shep then says to him, "Look." This is what I did to you. This is what you can do better. This is what I did to you. Well, he didn't quite phrase it that way, but he said I know, that, I know, I know. you know, Shep is just looking sensational, and whenever right. he sees something that he could have done, he informs him about it. Okay. So he, he said that's a really big deal. Great. He said uh, the second year in the defense, it's quite clear that, that the unit is much more familiar with everything, mm-hmm. not only themselves but the playbook, and thinks that uh, you know that's going to be a benefit. And I think the only other thing that Holmes said, and I want to make sure I get this right now, um, he was talking about. Um, let's see here. He was talking about Tony, and somebody somebody said <laughs> this is really funny. He goes, so so what do you think about Tony? And he laughed. He goes, he's twitchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. And, and, a good, way, and a good guy, by the way. He like he said he likes him. A and lot. I explained to the fans, Paul, how the assistant coaches were a little chaotic today in terms of everybody coming out at once, so it was hard to listen to a lot of people at the yes. same time. Um, I talked about some of the stuff that I heard going from person to person. Did anything jump out to you that just sticks in your head about the assistants before we say goodbye? And, and me and you are on tomorrow. We could talk more about it then. But there's any like super highlights that just come to mind right away? Um, probably yeah. only one thing I think that kind of stood out a little more than the rest of it. Well, you were over there with Rob Sale a long time. I was with Rob Sale a long time, and he is an old-fashioned, old-school offensive line coach. He's, he's one of those guys. Yeah, it's not a surprise that... That's a judge hire. No. Mm-hmm. He believes in toughness, grit, uh, energy, uh, intensity, hard work. He's That's what he is. So there's nothing that he really said that surprised me so much. What I did like to hear was that Tyke Tolbert was very complimentary of both Tony's classroom work and Galladay's classroom work. Now, that that's not something I heard from the people in Detroit. They, I, you know, they just talked about his physical prowess, Galladay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but obviously we didn't talk to Detroit coaches, so that no, makes we sense. did not, right. and mm-hmm. that's why I needed to know. Sure. I wanted to know what what is what is Galladay, and I think this goes to the point where the Giants brought Galladay in during free agency for that three day interview session because they needed to know more about what's behind the mask. Yeah. And really, Tyke Tolbert was incredibly impressed when he said, "No, this guy is on point." He asked questions. He's all over the playbook. He Everything right to a T. He said to me, he has it down. So I said, well, now that he's probably going to miss a little bit of time, Joe Judge has said he now he's he's kind of indefinitely, as they work on the hamstring mm-hmm. issue, Judge did not give a time to him. Nope. And I said to Tyke, is that going to set him back? He said, oh, no. No, it's not going to set him back at all. And by the way, Tyke is honest about things. So Tyke is a very yeah. honest guy. Mm-hmm. He said he is all over it. Okay. And good. that made me feel pretty good too. Excellent. Paul, me and you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow too. Bye, Bye Jeff. Tino. Goodbye, Paulie. All right. Uh, Jerome and Charles back. Pearson, let's go back to Jerome. Jerome, happy to have you on before we say goodbye. What's up, pal? Yes, I want to um, ask about um, Carl Banks getting. I have two questions um, about Carl Banks getting into the Hall of Fame. What's y'all think is his biggest hold up for not getting in since he was Paul? Um, Robin to Lawrence Taylor being Batman. Well, I mean, look, he was on the All-80s team, which if you're on the All-80s team, to me, that should probably get you in from an objective perspective. I think what's holding him back, and, and Jeff, you know this, it's sacks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, people are looking for sacks, and Carl did all of the dirty work and all the hard work and the run defense and all that stuff, so LT could be the designated pass rusher. So sure. you Answer generally your own question. Yeah, yeah. So, so you generally do not get the, you know, the credit for doing that so LT can be LT. And I think that's probably what, in the eyes of voters, are is holding him back. He was presented, I think, two years ago, Jeff. I think he got into the first round mm-hmm. or the second round. I forget what round he reached, but it wasn't the final one. It was maybe next to the final one. Last year it was. It was he last year, the, right? Yeah, yeah. So, look, maybe one day he can get there. But, again, he's a guy that was on the all-80s team, and that's almost more prestigious to me than even making the Hall of Fame because there's a lot of players in the 80s, and to be one of the two or three best at your position, that's saying something. So, look, I, Jerome, I'm with you. Uh, I think you should get in there, and I'm biased. Carl's my guy. I love Carl, so I'm going to say that because he's my guy. But, yeah, I, I think that's probably what the hold up is. He just doesn't have those gaudy sack numbers. I agree. Yeah, uh, and I like to make my whole bold pre- prediction. Sure. Giants go twelve and five, win it, sweep the division for the first time, 
And not only this year, but they will win it next year. Okay. All right. 12-5 right. sweep NFC East and then win <clears throat> East again. So sweep NFC East in undefeated 20, in the division. 22. Well, Jeff, this is one of the weirdest shows we've ever done. Just saying. <laughs> Got us through. It was fun, though. <laughs> I had fun. I we had some good laughs. Hey, you know, they all can't be the same. No, I, I think this was actually good. A little change of pace in the middle of the camp. You kind of have the campsies can, where can you kind of get tired of talking what, about the same thing every day. So this was fun. What does sweep the division mean to me? 6-0. Oh. You go 6-0. Okay, and so oh. it's undefeated in the division. Yes. Okay. When you wow. sweep something, you generally don't okay, lose any games, a bold, Jeff. that is a bold, bold prediction. See, right now this there. is how you know that Jeff played a sport where they don't have series in the playoffs because he doesn't know know what a sweep is. <laughs> no, a sweep is, yeah, sweep is on, you know, porch. You know, sweep the porch, you know? So I know what a sweep is. Schmelk. Apparently not. You just asked well, me what's I mean, a sweep, so I well, assumed you did. I, I just wanted to make sure to <laughs> clarify that I think I knew what I, it was, but, you know, a sweep in baseball, you know, they sweep them. Didn't lose to them. Yes, so. you know when the fans bring, like, the brooms out? Yeah, bring yeah. out the brooms yeah, for the sweep? That. I love that. Because, Jeff, in these other sports, there are these seven-game playoff series, and you have to win four out of seven to advance to the next round. That's so right. if a team wins four and the other teams win zero, that's usually considered them. a sweep. Yeah, yeah sweep them. Yeah, are we all clear? Uh, yeah, all good. <laughs> Copy that. Uh, no no better Roger way to out. end the show than that. <laughs> Jeff, good stuff. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, John. Thank you. For thank Jeff, you, Pearson. <laughs> thank you, Pearson. Good job today. For Jeff Beagles, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live.